the moment you make your people the real hero in your own story, your own story has so much more impact. And I think that's the biggest struggle that I see people making is that they don't get in their own way uh, and they want to still keep the limelight on them. You don't need the limelight on you all the time to be able to build a very powerful, profitable personal brand. I'm Ben Amos. Join me as we dive deep into how some of the best in business, marketing, content creation and education will powerful and effective stories to engage audiences and drive action. Welcome to Engage With Story. It was a cold November evening. I flicked up my collar against the London wind, firmly planted my hands into the pockets of my coat and set out with a few nerves and positive anticipation of the coming days ahead. As I neared the address included in the email, I started to see telltale signs of others on the same journey as me. The standout red shoulder satchels with their owners walking in pairs or small groups or singles. I looked up and saw the row of Union Jack flags proudly flapping in the breeze and the conference banner declaring the location of the 2017 Upreneur Summit. I'd been anticipating attending this event now for most of the year and I was excited. As I walked in to register for the conference, nerves started to kick in. See, I've recently learnt that I'm kind of an omnivert, that is, capable of being extroverted in certain situations, but deep down I'm a pretty introverted guy. I don't know anyone here. What if nobody speaks to me? What am I doing here anyway? Surely everyone else is more established in their business than me. Quick, look for the exits. Self-doubt and imposter syndrome was kicking in. It was then that I saw a familiar face. Not someone I'd ever met in person before, but really the reason why I'd flown to London on the other side of the planet in the first place. A guy who's built a brand around himself and his expertise and passions and who I've been following and learning from over the last few years. And one of the driving reasons behind me starting my own personal brand, Engage Video Marketing, a couple of years ago. And even this podcast, 44 episodes ago. He walked up to me, grinning, and said, Ben Amos, hello mate, and gave me a big British hug. Welcome, thanks for coming. I grinned back. Chris Ducker, it's awesome to be here. And I knew then that I was in the right place. Welcome to episode 45 of Engage With Story, where today I'm joined by none other than Chris Ducker himself. Proud Brit, leading entrepreneur, and someone I'm pleased to consider a business mentor to myself. Chris Ducker is a serial entrepreneur and author of the bestseller, Virtual Freedom, and his new book released not too long ago titled Rise of the Youpreneur. He owns and operates several businesses that combined house over 400 full-time employees internationally. He's also a trusted business mentor, keynote speaker, podcaster, blogger, as well as the founder of Upreneur.com and the Upreneur Summit, the leading personal brand business education and events company in the world. In today's episode, we're talking all about the power of building a personal brand through story. And as someone who lives and breathes this stuff, Chris does not disappoint in this interview. If you're building a business or brand, whether you consider it a personal brand or not, you are going to want to listen to this interview and take notes because let me tell you, no matter what business you're in, you need to be thinking about making your brand more personal. And story, as you'll hear in this chat, is the best way to do that. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview with Chris Ducker. So Mr. Chris Ducker, welcome to Engage With Story. Thank you very much for joining me on the show today. It is an utter pleasure and an honour to be with you, sir. So I gave our listeners a little bit of an introduction to who you are um, in, in the introduction there, but I wanted to just share with you 
how I first came across you and started following what you're okay. doing, um, because you were actually one of my earliest podcast addictions, one of the first podcasts that I listened to regularly on a regular basis. This was Youpreneur FM. And um, I was actually introduced to you, Chris, through a number of other online business people who I was following at the time, one of them being Dan Norris, who wrote The Seven Day Startup. Um, so I was following some of yep. what Dan was doing and he liked to talk about you and, and obviously your good mate, Pat Flynn and Smart Passive Income. So when you're referred by two people like that to someone like yourself, um, I, it kind of made me realise I need to find out a bit more about what this Chris Ducker guy <laughs> is all about. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, fast forward, I guess, a couple of years later or probably about 12 months later and I ended up joining the Youpreneur community, um, which we'll talk a bit more about that later in the show. But uh, And then it was November last year, I actually met you face-to-face -face in London at your Youpreneur Summit. Yep. So I've been a, a very proud Youpreneur for a, a year and a half, and I'm really excited today to introduce you, Youpreneur, and your personal brand to the listeners of Engage With Stories. So for people who want to know a bit more about you, Chris, what was your story? What led you to Youpreneur and to your passion for personal branding? Yeah, well, how long you got? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the overnight success is what, 20 years coming or whatever it is. Well, I mean, I, I, I look, at, at the very core of what I do, um, I still to this day, I just say that I'm a sales and marketing guy. That's it. Um, I've been blessed with the opportunity to be able to you, you know, uh, launch and build, grow uh, and, and you know, sometimes sell and sometimes buy several businesses over the last 15, almost 15 years as an entrepreneur. Um, but I still really resonate with just being a sales and marketing guy. That was what I, that's how my career started in the publishing world. I was 17 um, as a part-time telesales guy trying to sell classified ad space to people that wanted to sell cars and boats and motorcycles and all that sort of type <laughs> of stuff back in London. Um, dropped out of college after a year or university, uh, depending on where you're from in the world and where you're listening. Um, and uh, yeah, much to my father's dismay, he didn't talk to me for a couple of months, but um, I, I was, I, I was kind of done with education. Like I wanted to get out and, and educate myself through the business world. And I think, you know, even looking back now, retrospectively on those days, I was, all, I already had those entrepreneurial kind of self-starting kind of tendencies where, you know, after two weeks of working in the sales job, for example, uh, part-time, I didn't, I didn't close a door, let alone a sale. And, uh, you know, I took the entire afternoon one day and, and kind of wrote my first ever sales script based on everything that I had heard in, in the office from the guys that were closing. And, um, it kind of, you know, that was that first kind of self-starting type of mode where I wasn't going to wait for it to be served up to me. I was going to go and chase it down. And that's exactly what I, I did. And so, you know, you fast forward, you know, back in the early 2000s, I was uh, offered a position here in, in the Philippines, um, where, where, which is where I've lived since um, a few years of contract work. And then I set up my own consulting company, which turns into now a very, very large call center operation, which is a multi seven-figure annual revenue business, um, which I now no longer have anything to do with the day-to-day -day running of at all. I'm just the owner. I'm no longer the CEO, uh, which I love. And I've been able to escape from a few businesses in that manner as well. Um, and now, you know, my focus is helping you know, what the people that I call youpreneurs, it's the personal brand entrepreneur, it's people like content creators and, uh, you know, authors and speakers, uh, you know, consultants, coaches, these are the guys now that I really love working with above and beyond everything else. It's I'm all in. I'm all in uh, on youpreneur as a brand, as a business model and what it means for the future of the business world. Yeah. And as you've been sharing information online over the years, you've pivoted a few times. You've gone from being, I guess, known as the 
the Virtual Freedom Guy, your first book, The Virtual CEO. Yep. Um, and now, as you mentioned there, your focus on helping those personal brand entrepreneurs, the youpreneurs. But um, how, how for you has that idea of your own personal brand developed? Has it been like just an organic development or was it a really deliberate focused, you know what, I'm going to go and start a personal brand? How did that work for you? It didn't, it, it wasn't... Um... It wasn't intentional, not at the beginning anyway. It kind of just happened. So I, I hit burnout um, late 2009. And going into 2010, we had this plan um, to kind of remove myself from the business by the end of that year. And we caught, you know, I wanted to be a virtual CEO. That's basically what we were calling it. Um, and uh, long story short, um, throughout the course of 2010, I blogged and I podcasted um, in regards to the journey of, of doing that. And by the end of the year, I had amassed this audience. I had about five or 6,000 email subscribers on my list, uh, which back in them days was actually a pretty good sized list. Um, and back, back in the good old days of internet <laughs> business, um, and and you know all these people follow me on on social media, and I was uh, I just started to get asked to speak and do workshops and things like that towards the end of that year, and you know it became really a, a very very clear to me that you know this thing was bigger than me just sort of taking people on the journey of me beating that burnout that year, um, and it probably wasn't until the end, well probably the middle of 2012. Um, where I started to get the inkling that the personal brand was starting to really take off for me. Because my first blog, it wasn't chrisducker.com, which is where I live now online. It was virtualbusinesslifestyle.com. So the whole, the whole premise was I'm going to live a virtual business lifestyle. I'm going to run and grow a good business, a profitable firm, but I'm not going to be in the office. Um, and so that was the premise of that brand, that initial brand, which was the name of the podcast and everything else. But nobody ever called it virtual business lifestyle. They just called it Chris Ducker's podcast or Chris Ducker's blog. Um, uh, and like I said, the speaking invites started to come in. I think I did my first speaking gig in the business, in the online business world, beginning of 2011. So about a year after I was, uh, you know, I was, I was, you know, kind of active online. Um, and then the book deal came my way in late 2012 for virtual freedom by a publishing imprint in the United States. And that was really, you know, once I started to talk to them, it, it wasn't actually anything to do with really my expertise that they were all that interested in. Like any traditional publisher, they want your platform. They're offering you a book deal because they know that you've got thousands of people that are going to potentially buy the book when it's published. And so, you know, we, we, we took that book offer. We shelved it. We put together a proposal and we sent it out to 16 publishers in the United States. And we had four offers, which was ridiculous. Mm. I mean, if you, if you take into consideration the four hour work week was denied, I think 24 times or something before Tim Ferriss got the book deal for it. Um, to get four offers on your first proposal for a book is insane. Um, and we didn't go with the best offer, but in terms of the advance, we went with the publisher that we thought was going to get behind the book um, well enough. And they did for a while. And then they just kind of swept it to one side like most publishers do. Hence the fact that I've now self-published my second book. Um, we can talk about that maybe a little bit, you know, further into the uh, into the chat. But yeah, I, I think that the personal brand, getting back to your question, um, the personal brand was, it wasn't intentional. But going into the end of 2012, when I realized that it was there and people were talking about it and it was becoming a viable business model for me, that was when I put my foot down on the gas and we switched everything over to chrisducker.com. We changed the name of the show. We you know, really updated it across the board um, to what you see nowadays. And it's been like that ever since. It's, it's, it's the only thing that I really focus on online in regards to that kind of what I call maintenance marketing mode uh, in regards to really producing helpful, valuable content on a regular basis, not just to tell my own 
story and build a brand out of that, but also to allow people to follow along because everybody wants to follow other people's journeys. We're very voyeuristic as a human race and we want to see what other people are up to and how they're doing it and what they're doing, why they're doing it. Um, and I think that, you know, when you take people on that journey, it's an incredible opportunity for you to win not only fans, but also customers further down the line. And as people are building out businesses, I think it, it, it kind of aligns really nicely that idea of personal brand when you are building a business around you and the people you want to serve as, as you put it, um, you know, like you mentioned, coaches, consultants, authors, speakers, but for, I guess, more traditional business owners, where do you think the role of personal branding can come into play there as opposed to building out or trying to build recognition around a, a brand brand, a traditional brand? Well, look, the, the thing is that as a business owner, whether you're building it based around your name and your experience currently, or whether you're building it around a productized service or, you know, just a, like you say, a brand brand, um, the fact is that you're already in the personal brand business. You just might not be that aware of it. People nine times out of 10 will buy you and your reputation before they buy your products or your services. Um, you know, you might have the most incredible product on the planet, uh, but you know, it's what you, it's the words you put behind marketing that product that will ultimately sell it. It's the packaging, it's the, the, you know, everything from the style and the features and the benefits and the, and, and, and the way that you put it out there into the world. It is you, it's inside of you. So, you know, the only difference is kind of flipping the switch and turning around and say, okay, I'm going to be a little bit more front and center here. And by the way, this is the way that business is going. Mm -hmm. Every business owner on the planet will have a very public personal brand going into the future. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind about it in any way, shape or form. I mean, if you look at some of the biggest companies on the planet, Apple, Steve Jobs, Virgin, Sir Richard Branson, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, Amazon, Jeff Bezos. I mean, they've all got personal brands at the very helm of what they do. The only difference is that people are doing business with a brand rather than with the person directly. But that person is still very much there and still very important to that brand-based business, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think you're starting to see more and more as well, uh, not just the CEO, owner, founder of the company becoming that personal brand quite deliberately. I think you're also starting to see, you know, key employees within a, a large organization building a personal brand around their role and, and what they do and their expertise within that organization. So, you know, they're an employee, they're not an owner, but there's benefits that are being communicated there in, in building out a personal brand for those people as well. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And, you know, this is where a lot of business owners fail horrifically. They get scared at the idea of some of their top level employees, um, you know, building that personal brand because they feel like, oh, maybe they'll, you know, take, take, take the business at some point or they'll become bigger than the business or whatever the case may be. What a load of horse crap, sincerely, right? That mm. is complete and utter rubbish. The fact is that people want to do business with other people more so today than ever before in the history of business. And the reason why is because we want transparency, we want authenticity, and we want, you know, to, to ultimately, you know, the way I always put it is we want to become somebody's favorite. If you become somebody's favorite, then you're going to do more business as a direct result of that fact. So whether it's, you know, the, 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 the head honcho or whether it's the people around that head honcho building those personal brands, it doesn't matter. People want to do business with other people. You should embrace it. I mean, everybody's using social media anyway. That's part of a brand. If you've got an employee that's active on LinkedIn or Twitter or, or, or Instagram, they're building a personal brand in some way, shape or form. How you embrace that or try to control that is obviously up to you. Yeah. And understanding how allowing your people to build their personal brands, to be recognized as faces within the company, it actually adds huge equity to your brand brand as well. Um, and even if Absolutely. one of those people were to leave and go and do their own thing, there's still, there's still that connection and that relationship to 
that original brand that people discovered that personal brand under. I think that makes sense. Did I say that right? It does. It makes total sense. Yes. (laughs) So look, it makes sense, and and I could not agree with you more. Absolutely so. Yeah. So look, this is engaged with story, and we do want to. I do want to explore a little bit about the power of storytelling and using story as a mechanism to help grow and build a strong and influential and effective personal brand. What, What role do you see that story plays when it comes to building out a personal brand? It's everything. I mean, you know, at at the very core of our personal brands is our story. It's what makes us unique. It's, 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 it's everything. I mean, it's utterly everything. People want to know about your background. They want to know about your situations. They want to know where you live, not necessarily your street number, but I mean, they want to know what town you're based out of or what city you live in or, you know, what you do on the weekends. They want to know whether you've got kids. They want to know whether you're happily married. They want to know what hobbies you've got. Um, you know, I, my, my story, you know, is, is out there all over the internet in some way, shape or form. Um, some of it, I told you obviously in the beginning of this chat, but you know, a lot of it, you'll know that all these little tidbits will pop up. You know, if you discover me enough in different locations online, you'll know that I'm a big Star Wars fan. You'll know that I um, put a lot of my early self-development down to people like Zig Ziglar and Bruce Lee. You'll know that I'm a huge bourbon and whiskey fan. You know, you'll, you'll know that I also am quite partial to the old donut every now and then, right? You know, these are all things that allow me to tell my story in quite unique ways because it's all about me and engage with the people that I want to serve and sell to later on down the line. So I, I think story plays the biggest role in developing your personal brand. A lot of people don't see it, though. A lot of people are maybe potentially scared to see it as well, knowing that they're going to have to be you know, transparent to a certain degree and talk about what their past is is like and, and what they've been through and things like that. But when you embrace that, oh, my gosh, everything becomes so so much easier, so much easier. I mean, when I, when I, when I think about, you know, the sheer number of interviews I've done and all the stories I've told about the things that I've been through, I mean, that it, it, you know, we're documenting our lives ultimately by doing this. And people have to understand that, you know, this is the no like trust on steroids. Now, this is no love trust, right? It's becoming someone's favorite. Like I said, it's becoming loved by people that you want to surround yourself with. And we do that at the very incubus of of everything that we do day to day by telling our story. It's telling the story. Yeah, it's huge. It's everything. Yeah. And then as you say, the only way to become someone's favorite really is to allow them to know your story, you know, because they're, they're going to relate to various parts of your story. Maybe they're also someone who, you know, is your favorite or, you know, who you're their favorite, basically they, maybe they're into Star Wars too. Maybe the, you know, shared family values that, that you, you share through your stories is something that they connect with. Maybe it's more of a, you know, a similar story background where they also followed Zig Ziglar's work in the early days of right. their business, you know, whatever it may be, there's, there's always a connection of some sort that people make. Well, I tell you, you know, we, we bring up Zig Ziglar here. I'm, I'm very fortunate in my life to have had, you know, four or five very, very important mentors in my life. Um, a couple of them are no longer with us and I had very personal relationships with them. Um, and a few of them are still with us and they're still doing great. I tend to, um, gravitate towards older male mentors. That's not to say that I've not learned lots from many, many ladies. I have one of my best friends on the planet is Carrie Wilkerson. Uh, she's kind of otherwise known as the barefoot executive online. Um, and she's an incredible speaker, author and coach herself. Um, and you know, I've, I've learned a lot from her and lots of other very, very smart ladies, but when it comes to mentors, I tend to, you know, gravitate, like I said, towards older male role models. Um, and you know, Zig, uh, was probably, you know, one of probably one of the biggest mentors that never knew he was mentoring me um, through my for my literally for my mid teen years up to where I am now today in my mid 40s. We're talking 30 years, two thirds of my life here. Um, and I'm still learning from Zig 
every week, every month, I consume, you know, some kind of content from Zig Ziglar. Um, but Zig and the affiliation that I have with him as a virtual mentor has now enabled me to create relationships with people that are still with us. Um, and, and, you know, one of those relationships I have is with Dan Miller um, from the 48 Days fame. And, you know, Dan was, you know, he, he, he knew Zig and Dan now is a mentor of mine and a very, very good friend of mine. And whenever we get the opportunity together, we always talk about Zig. We share stories, uh, you know, in terms of how Zig affected our lives and things like that. And there's just something to be said, that story, like you say, it brings people together. And and here I am. If I had not have spoken about the fact that Zig Ziglar was such a huge influence in my life, um, or, or at least in the early part of my life, um, I wouldn't have met Dan Miller. I wouldn't have my now mentor, one of my now mentors. Um, and that's just the, that's the power of just being upfront and telling the story, you know? It's all about relationships. It always all comes back to relationships, both the power always. of story in, in developing and building relationships and the importance of relationships in developing and growing business as well. So I want to explore with you a little bit about where you feel that personal brand entrepreneurs or youpreneurs, where they potentially struggle in telling their story. So one thing that I come across and I experience it myself as well is is knowing and understanding which parts of my story to share and which parts not to. I mean, do I want to just open up the floodgates and let everybody into every aspect of my life is, or is that not going to benefit my business? Where do you think people struggle telling their story? Well, I think, you know, you bring up a good point and I think comfort is a, you know, is a big factor in this across the board. You know, how comfortable are you in regards to sharing certain aspects of your life? I mean, I certainly have no problems talking about the fact that I'm a father of four kids. Um, I have no problems sharing photographs of them or even the odd video clip every now and then on social media. You know, that's part of my story is I am a dad and and I do love playing Lego with my son and, and you know, daddy-daughter dates to go see Phil Collins in concert and all these sort of types of things, right? People love following along with that stuff. But would I share where they go to school? No, absolutely not. Would I share, you know, how much money I make every year? Hell no. You know, I don't need to scream from the rafters about how financially successful I am. It doesn't, that kind of stuff doesn't motivate me at all. I know many people do. One of my best friends on the planet does every month over at Smart Passive Income. But um, I'm, I'm, you know, there are certain aspects of my life that I like to keep private. And, you know, my income is certainly one of them. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to figure out that I do okay um, just by, you know, looking at the lifestyle that, that I live and, and what I do and how I do it and who I do it with. So I, I think that comfort becomes a big, big factor on this. Um, the other thing that I see people struggling with quite a bit, actually, is just getting out of their own damn way a lot of the time. Sometimes people are so wrapped up in their own stories that they forget about the fact that there are lots of these little micro stories happening around them with every interaction that they have with a customer or a prospect or a podcast listener or, or you know, a video viewer or a blog reader. It, you know, the, the smaller stories are sometimes bigger than their own stories and they don't see that. They don't understand it. Like the moment you make your people the real hero – in your own story, your own story has so much more impact. Hmm. And I think that's the biggest struggle that I see people making is that they don't get in their own way uh, and they want to still keep the limelight on them. You don't need the limelight on you all the time to be able to build a very powerful, profitable personal brand. You need to showcase, you need to you know, show off your success stories from the people that, that, that you surround yourself with, particularly people like your customers. You know, they'll, they'll love you forever with that. Yeah, I think, uh, and it's something that we've talked about on this podcast plenty of times before around the importance of allowing your customer, your client, your audience to be the hero of your brand's story, not yourself. And I think where people sometimes really struggle with that is when you're talking about and you're encouraging, like you're saying, people to share their personal stories, you know, what 
what they care about in the world, what's important to them. Uh, and then aligning that with the, the, you know, the idea of making the audience the hero. So, and I think where people struggle with that is if you, if you think first, what value am I providing to my audience by sharing this story? And being aware of the fact that there is value in allowing them to just get to know you better. So, you know, you might share uh, some moment playing Lego with your son. What value is that to your audience? Well, like you say, they love that stuff because they, you know, can relate, you know. So if you understand right. what the benefit is to your hero, who is your client, your audience, your customer, then I think that makes that job easier. It does. Totally. And, you know, when, if, if, if one day I share, you know, two or three Instagram story videos with my audience where I'm building, you know, a Lego death star with my son, which I did. And people followed along for weeks and weeks until we completed the darn thing. It's 4,000 something pieces that kit. Um, but when I, when I share those two or three clips in one day and then the next day, I tweet. Now, this is a different platform we're talking about here. But the next day, I'll tweet out something along the lines of, if you've never stood on a Lego Darth Vader with no shoes on, trust me, it hurts. And people get it completely because they followed from one platform to another, the story that I'm telling. So again, incredibly powerful just to share those little tidbits and, and, and really, you know, and I talk about this in, in, in the book, um, you know, the behind the power behind the scenes, everybody loves the behind the scenes. And I actually use Star Wars as an example uh, of telling that part of the story in regards to when The Force Awakens came out, every Star Wars geek on the planet lost their minds. Um, and, you know, here we are, we got another brand new Star Wars movie. It's been 30 odd years or whatever it is. This is incredible. Uh, we can't wait for it to come out. And then when it does come out, we all flock to the cinema to see it. Then it comes out on Blu-ray. Now, I talk about this in the book where I bought the Blu-ray DVD because I wanted the extras. I wanted the behind-the-scenes stuff. I could have just downloaded it from, you know, in the digital format online, but I wanted to see the behind-the-scenes. I wanted to see the story behind the movie. And when you, when you see all of the, the crew behind the cameras – and that scene where Han and Chewie walk onto the Falcon for the first time in 30 years and Han says, Chewie, we're home. And you and, and it's like, cut. And you see all the crew lose their minds behind the camera. As a, as a Star Wars fan, they've taken me on that journey. Now I know what it was like on the set that day to shoot that scene. And now I'm even more invested. Now I've got even more skin in the game as a customer of Star Wars and Disney and as a follower. And I think that's incredibly important for people to understand that the power behind the scenes allows you to communicate your story in a much clearer, stronger, more powerful way than just writing blog posts. You know what I mean? That there's, there's something about showing that behind the scenes. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And one thing that you also touched on there was the importance of understanding the types of stories to share or tell on different platforms. You know, you mentioned the, you know, funny little moment of stepping on a Darth Vader Lego and that was so ideal for Twitter, right? You know, so right, in, in you know, 240 characters, however many we've got now on Twitter, um, you know, it, that's perfect for that. But then the Instagram stories, you know, of actually building that, that Death Star, you know, was perfect for that platform. You wouldn't necessarily make a YouTube video about it, but no, you know, it suits no, those no, platforms. No, you wouldn't because it would, be, it would be off message in regards to your overall story. But again, there's certain platforms that you use for certain parts of building your personal brand. For me, Instagram uh, particularly has become the behind the scenes platform for what I do and what I'm working on. And people know that. And whenever I put a, an Instagram story up, I know I'm going to get six, 
seven, eight hundred people within that 24 hour period see that particular clip or that image I share. And, and that's why I don't take that for granted. That's a lot of people to see one piece of content that could only be just 10 seconds long. But that's a lot of people. Don't take that for granted. Hmm. You know, that that's huge amount of people following your day, following what you're working on. And so, you know, you have to be quite not necessarily um, uh, uh, not not targeted, so to speak, not not sort of too strategic. But don't take that for granted that, you know, that's a lot of people following what you're what you're all about. Whereas, you know, with something like Twitter, for example, um, you know, even though you could have tens of thousands of followers, I doubt six or seven hundred people see every tweet that I write. So, you know, the different different horses for different courses, as they say. Yeah, well, let's dive into that a little bit deeper around what are you seeing that's making real impact in, in building successful personal brands online these days, today, right now? What is really working? Well, I mean, you know, there's two or three things. We've touched on the social video aspect, all the behind the scenes of social. I mean, this all really kicked off a few years ago now with with Snapchat. And then obviously Instagram came out with their own kind of version of Snapchat. Well, let's not make let's not beat around the bush. They stole, they stole it completely it. Yep. from Snapchat. <laughs> I mean, it was to the point where when everybody started using Instagram stories, they were calling them snaps. Yep, I, I don't was, know whether you yep, remember, like yep. in the next snap, I'm going to talk about it. And it was like, no, this is not Snapchat. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I, I think, again, for me, there's, there's really, there's really like three main, well, three to four main elements of my personal brand, right? So first up is the content that I create online. Mm -hmm. So it's the blog, it's the podcast, it's, YouTube, uh, probably not as much as I should be doing on YouTube, but I'm, I'm, you know, going to be doing more on that platform because it is going to become, I think, more and more important for for anybody really building a brand online. Then there's social. You know, social media is updated every day in some way, shape, or form. Sometimes it's me personally. Sometimes it's my team. Sometimes it's automated, although that's becoming less and less now. Um, and then, you know, so that's one aspect. There's all the content that I kind of create. The other aspect um, is is without a doubt the Upener community. Uh, you know, that's become kind of it's bigger than I ever kind of envisioned it would be when we first opened the doors in late 2015. Um, not bigger in terms of necessarily size. We're up at about 600 members now, um, which does obviously make me a good chunk of change every month. So, so it's a good business model as well. But I think just the brand of Upana as a whole has become much bigger than I anticipated it would be. Now, obviously, with Rise of the Upana, with the book coming out, with the Upana Summit happening in London every year. Um, and, you know, we've now got plans also to go on the road uh, in 2019 with Upana workshops, one day workshops, literally around the world. Like I want to do six to maybe nine of them in 2019 all over the planet. So, you know, these are the, the same workshop, but done, you know, one week we're in you know, Barcelona, the next month will be in Sydney, the next month will be in New York. So we want to really take it on the road and, and, and build it out. And there's already talks about the potential of a, a coaching certification program and all these other things. So Upana, I think, as a, as a brand has become much, much bigger than I anticipated. But the community is still a very important part of my own personal brand because it's where I spend the most time uh, in regards to interacting with my number one type of prospect, which is that personal brand entrepreneur. And then, you know, the other, the other side of, of things is the live events. I mean, in terms of my own personal brand, getting people together in person, getting people to, you know, fly in your case from one side of the world almost to a complete opposite um, and come into London. I mean, you know, you, you came to London because you knew that I was going to put on a good event and that you were going to learn lots and that you're going to meet great people. That's part of my personal brand. That's part of my story. And so, you know, I, I think it's incredibly important to um, understand that it's a multifaceted uh, type of ecosystem. It's not just one particular thing that you can do. But understand also that, you know, when something works well for you, run with it. 
run with it at 180 miles an hour until maybe it stops working so well for you and pivot in a slightly different direction. And what I recognize with everything that you've got going in your Upreneur ecosystem is that there is that overarching story that that is consistent across all of these things, whether it be a live event, uh, you know, at a, at a conference level like the summit or whether it be, uh, you know, an online webinar or whether it be a community or a blog post that you write, there's that consistent story there. And I think there's, you know, that's really important for people building out their businesses around their personal brand to understand that having that consistent, I guess, like your top brand story and then allowing that to filter through into the individual little stories that you tell. Would you agree? Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah, you've got to have that overall, you know, that overall um, focus, I guess, that overall goal, right? But, you know, like I said, accepting and, and embracing the fact that there's going to be all these other little micro moments that make up uh, the bigger plan of attack, so to speak. Um, you know, for me, it's it's been about just consistently showing up. Like for me, that's my my number one goal day to day is just to show up for my people over and over and over again. And whether that's replying to a tweet or a forum a post inside of the community or shooting a quick video and sharing it on Instagram or, you know, uh, uh, you know booking amazing speakers for a conference or flying around the world myself and speaking and meeting people at book signings and shows and things like that, like that is just showing up, just show up, show people that you give a damn and they will, they will do likewise for you. Couldn't agree more. I want to talk now, just as we wrap up this interview around what is next, where do you think this online space is going around storytelling, around personal branding online? You know, where do you see the big moves and shakes happening moving forward? Mm, good question. I mean, you, and you're going to love the answer here. I think video is going to play a massive, massive role yep. in the development and the growth of personal brands over the next few years. I mean, you know, you've got Google coming out saying 90 odd percent or whatever it is of all content consumed by 2020, which is just two years away, which <laughs> is insane to say this out loud. 90% is going to be video. Um, you know, I just came back from almost a month long multi-city, multi-country, multi-speaking trip. Um, and all anyone that I spoke to and met and lunched with or did coffee with or had dinner with, all anyone was talking about throughout the course of this trip was video. They're going to go real deep, real long on video going into the next few years. So I think video is going to play an incredible uh, role in in the online growth of of personal brands over the next couple of years. Um, my 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 kind of my still my number one focus is going to be in terms of my own personal brand. It's going to be to utilize these other platforms like. Facebook and YouTube and, you know, Twitter live and Instagram and all these other platforms to bring people back to my own home. I'm a big believer that you can't and you should not build your home on rented land. And that's what all these other platforms are. They're rented land. You don't own them in any way, shape or form. You are on them because the owners of those platforms allow you to be on them. Yeah. And one day they might not want you to be on that platform. And that's very important. And, and in fact, I mean, it's brutally important to understand and accept that. So get everybody back to your place, right? Have a little after party at your place, get them back back to chrisducker.com, get them onto your email list, get them consuming your content online. Now, for example, and, and you know, every YouTube strategist that I talk to says that this is an error, but I disagree with them every single time. When I post a video on YouTube, I go ahead and then also embed it on a blog post at chrisducker.com. I don't promote the YouTube video. Yeah. When I send links out, 
to people to watch that video, it's not on YouTube. And I know YouTube wants me to keep people on YouTube as a strategy, as part of their analytics. I get it. I accept it. But it's not the best move for me as a business owner. When I, when I want people to watch that video, I share them a link to the blog post where it's embedded so they can consume it on my home not on somebody else's so that they can then hop onto my email list and not watch somebody else's related video, which could potentially get them to incorporate themselves getting onto their email list. So not the best strategy in terms of YouTube growth, but a much better strategy in terms of my own personal brand growth, for sure. Yeah. And look, I couldn't agree more with that. The idea of, you know, understanding what your goal is in creating that video and using YouTube your goal is not to grow your YouTube audience. Your goal is to grow your audience, you know, on your list in your home. So, you know, I would agree. You're doing the right thing there. Look, that, I, okay. I love that insight into, <laughs> into what's coming up. And, of course, I'm going to agree that video is where it, where it is at now and where it is going to be as well. So and it's been, but it's been there for a while. Yeah. Like it's not new, Ben. That's 2018, the, thing. It's the not, year of the video. I remember everyone was saying, "Oh, this year is going to be the year of the video." Yeah, you know, like that was like 2015. 2015 yeah. You know, so it's been around for a while. I think, and also likewise, I think audio is going to play a big part. I think podcasting is going to become more and more mainstream. It's already in your cars. You know, if you're buying cars in the last couple of years, it's already there with Apple Play and and Stitcher Radio and all that stuff. So. I think audio is going to become much, much, much more mainstream. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see how it all develops. But certainly rich media, for sure, is going to play a big part of every everybody's brand going forward. Absolutely. I just want to end the chat today with an opportunity to talk a little bit more about your book, Rise of the Youpreneur. I was fortunate to pick up an advanced copy, um, a hard, lovely hardback copy in London when I was at the summit, um, which you gifted to all of your attendees, which was, you know, a, a big surprise to everyone there. But um, read it pretty much started on the plane on the way home and, and had it finished within a couple of weeks of my return back to Australia. And uh, it really is well, it's in the tagline as the definitive guide to building a, a personal brand <laughs> business, right? Um, I really want to encourage people listening who are, who are thinking about their own personal brand and business to pick up a coffee, a copy, and maybe a coffee to read. To you can enjoy one. it over a coffee. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but tell me, Chris, um, you know, tell us a little bit about the book, but also, you know, what, what does this book mean to you? Um, well, I mean, the, the, the book itself is your step-by-step -step guide. It's the guide that I wished I'd had five, six years ago when I got really, really, really serious about my own personal brand. You know, looking back retrospectively, I was kind of fumbling around in the dark a lot back in those days to figure out what was going to work, what my next move should be like what's next in the process. Um, and so, you know, like my first book, Virtual Freedom was written after 10 years in the outsourcing industry of building virtual teams. This has now been also written based on my own personal experiences and what's worked and what's not. Um, and I share what's and all, you know, what, what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. Um, it really is the, the fast track way to be able to build a profitable, powerful personal brand. Um, and we break it down into to three, as you know, three main sections of building, marketing, and monetizing. And the good thing about that is that if you are a little further along in the journey, um, then skip the first 70 pages. You don't need them. You know, like you can just go to the section that you need the most. And there's lots of diagrams and flow charts for people to follow and, and lots of uh, free downloads that we list in the book as well, which we don't list anywhere else online um, and all that sort of stuff. So for me, it really is the definitive guide to building a profitable personal brand. That simple um, in terms of a book. Now, in terms of, 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 of where it is in my own ecosystem and where it is in my my own kind of legacy, if you want to call it. I think this, I'm going to put it out there. I think this very well could potentially be the last kind of business manual that I write. It's only the second one that I've written. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not going to write other books, but what I am saying is I think this will be the last manual, the last, the last kind of step-by-step -step book that I write. Because honestly, um, 
I don't want to do anything else for the rest of my career. I found my groove. I found my people. I know what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And I know that it's affecting people that I come across in positive ways. Um, and I just don't see myself doing anything else other than helping people build great future-proof businesses around them and their personalities and their experiences. This is what I want to do. So it's very, very important to me in my own legacy, my own ecosystem. Will we update it and expand it? Yes, of course, maybe two, three years from now, whatever, we'll, we'll have an updated version of it. But, um, you know, I, I, I truly believe this will be my last business manual. Um, we'll, we'll see whether that remains the case or not. But at this moment in time, I'm, I'm that focused on it. Yeah, and um, you know, I can absolutely attest to the, to the fact that the book is is not only a, a great read from front to back, which is how I read it, but I know I'll also be leaving it on the shelf and referring back to it just to pieces of it at various stages along my own entrepreneurial journey. And, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again that I've got and learnt a lot from from you and youpreneur and the content that you're you're putting out to help build my business and I'll continue to learn from you too, Chris. So... You know, first of all, where can people pick up a copy of the book and all uh, follow you and learn more about you? Well, the, I mean, the book they can grab just on Amazon. They can just do a quick search for Rise of the Youpreneur, or if they want, they can go to youpreneur.com forward slash book. And there's some bonuses up for grabs there as well, if you pick up a copy. Um, and I mean, if anybody wants to know a little bit more about me and what I do, they can just head over to chrisducker.com. I wouldn't be much of a personal brand entrepreneur if I didn't have my own name as a domain name, would I? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Chris Ducker, thanks very much for your time today. I know that my audience has, go has had loved our chat today and uh, are going to go and pick up a book and follow you and what you have to learn or to teach. Yeah. Rock and roll. It was good to be on, man. Thanks, Chris. Thanks again to the inimitable Chris Ducker for joining me on the show today. I'd love to hear what you took away from our chat. Shoot me a message on Twitter at engage underscore Ben and tag in Chris too at Chris Ducker. And if you're new to the show, be sure to hit that subscribe button. And if you've been listening for a while, I'd really appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. So go to engagevideomarketing.com slash iTunes and follow the links there. If you're building a business online, then you know you need to be using video, right? Chris mentioned this a number of times in today's interview. Well, in order to be using video strategically for your online business, you need to be knowing what videos to make and how to use them effectively online. And this is why I wrote the Online Entrepreneur's Video Strategy Blueprint eBook. And for a limited time, you can download the eBook absolutely free over engagevideomarketing.com slash eBook. In the book, I'll step you through the seven elements critical to an effective online video strategy for your brand to give you a top-down strategic view on how to build your business and market your online brand through the power of video. So download your ebook today at engagevideomarketing.com slash ebook. So until next week, thanks for listening. I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing. Go forth and tell good stories. <laughs>